Our family Bible story and Sunday school catechesis for this week is the beginning of the church year stories on the incarnation, the enfleshment of the Son of God. It is the Annunciation of our Lord from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. During Advent, we look forward to the celebration of our Lord's birth, of the Virgin Mary, and how he is laid into the manger bed. He takes on our human flesh in every way, yet without sin, to make the lowliness of our sinful condition his very own. And so it's important for us to realize that when our Lord Jesus became a man, fully human in every way, that that conception, that incarnation, began nine months prior to his birth, when he, by the Holy Spirit, was conceived in the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary and became man. For nine months, then, he was there in the womb, growing first as a single cell until finally fully developed, he was born on Christmas and laid in the manger. So this is what we need to bring forth to our children, to our Sunday school children, to the smallest of children, that the Son of God became like us in every way. So he is the Savior of the tiniest infant, even before that child is born, to the most aged adult. And all of our infirmities, all of our sicknesses, all of our sin, he has made his own. So we hear the story from St. Luke, chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee, named Nazareth. The sixth month to which St. Luke refers is the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. Elizabeth was the cousin of Mary. Elizabeth was also the wife of Zechariah, the priest, and she was the mother of John the Baptist. And so she is six months pregnant with that last of the Old Testament prophets, John, who would be the forerunner, preparing the way for the Messiah's coming. Here, John the Baptist and our Lord Jesus, according to their human lineage, are cousins. So the angel Gabriel, the one who stands in the presence of God, as his name indicates, had not only appeared to Zechariah in the temple, announcing that he and Elizabeth would be the parents of the forerunner. But now, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, he appears to the Virgin Mary in the region of Galilee and in the inland town of Nazareth. Verse 27. To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Later on in Luke chapter 3, we learn that Mary's lineage is traced back to King David and the tribe of Judah. Joseph's lineage was also traced back to King David and the tribe of Judah. So when Luke records here 
that she was betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. It is important to note that betrothal is not simply engagement, but rather betrothal was the legal contract of marriage. So Mary and Joseph were legally married. They were legally husband and wife. That's what Luke is reporting. Though they had not yet come together in the flesh to live with each other so that Mary was still a virgin at this moment. She had not yet known a man. So in this regard, we can see that Jesus' ancestry uh, as the child of Mary is not only a biological descendant through Mary's flesh uh, to King David, but he is also a legal descendant of the king since Mary was betrothed to Joseph. Having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Now when the angel Gabriel says this to Mary, Rejoice, highly favored one. Favored one. The favor of God refers to the grace of God. The Lord is with you. The Lord God Almighty, well, God the Son is with you, and indeed, she is going to be carrying him. No wonder the angel says, rejoice. You are highly favored because the Lord is with you. Now, part of the significance of Jesus being born of the Virgin Mary is that the corruption of original sin is not passed on then from the father to the offspring. But what about Mary's sin? We learn in these verses 28, 29, and 30 that though Mary was a sinner just like us in every way, by the Lord's word of grace and forgiveness, her sin is forgiven. She is declared the pure and holy virgin mother of our Lord. The second reason why the virgin birth is significant is what the angel Gabriel will tell Mary in a few moments that the power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you so that the child will be son of God. So he is sinless because he is not conceived by a man. He is sinless because Mary is forgiven, cleansed of her sin and is pure. And he is sinless and the son of God because he is conceived by the Holy Spirit. Verse 29, when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Verse 30 contains the absolution of the Lord for Mary. She was troubled as a sinner by this angelic revelation. That's the natural response of sinners in the presence of heaven. But the angel says, Do not be afraid. That word is a word of absolution. Your sins are forgiven. The favor dei in the Greek, the favor of God, refers to the grace of God. It rests upon Mary. She is the redeemed, the forgiven mother of the Son of God. Verse 31, the angel Gabriel continues, Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Jesus. 
He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Now there is much packed in these three verses from 31 through 33. Here it is identified as if Jesus has two fathers. And indeed he does. His earthly father, Joseph, and his heavenly father. So, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest, God the Father. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. So, through Joseph's lineage, he is a son of David, according to his human lineage and also according to the royal lineage. So, Son of God and Son of David. The Son of the Highest, referring to God the Father, the Son of David, his human ancestry. In verse 31, you shall call his name Jesus. The name Jesus will be his proper name given to him at his circumcision on the eighth day. But it is a name which is also prophetic and it proclaims the confession of who Jesus is. The word Jesus means the Lord is salvation. And that is precisely who he is. He is the Lord and he is salvation. When the angel Gabriel says to Mary, you will bring forth in your womb a son, we are to bring to mind Genesis 3.15, how the seed of the woman would be the Lord who would crush the serpent's head and redeem humanity from sin. We're also reminded of the explanation to the second article of the creed. I believe that Jesus Christ True God, begotten of the Father from eternity, and also true man, born of the Virgin Mary, is my Lord. One person, but two natures, true God and true man. And then his office as Messiah, the anointed one, son of David, which is what Messiah means, anointed one, and that you are the king, the son of David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. So his eternal kingdom of grace and salvation of his kingdom, there will be no end. It is emphasized that this is complete victory over sin, death, the power of the devil. All of the Old Testament expectations are fulfilled in this child. So as I said, there's a lot packed in those verses 31 through 33. Verse 34, Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And there, she's referring to the fact that she knows she has, had no, she has not had sexual intercourse with any man. And some have wondered, was Mary putting the angel to the, text, to the test? And I would agree. Is this a proper angel coming to her with this message? Because if she is a faithful, believing Israelite, she would have known the promise from Isaiah 7.14, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you will call his name Emmanuel. So had the angel said to her, you are to have marital relationships with Joseph, she would have known that this is a false prophet, a false angel. But instead, the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, that Holy One who is to be born, will be called the Son of God. 
So clearly the angel's message to Mary corresponds with Isaiah 7:14 that a virgin would conceive and this conception would be made possible by a miracle of the Holy Spirit. Notice how in verse 35 all three persons of the Holy Trinity are at work and present just as at our baptism the Holy Spirit the third person of the Holy Trinity will come upon you, the power of the highest. The highest is a reference to God the Father, the first person. So the Holy Spirit will overshadow you, the Spirit sent from the Father. And that Holy One, the second person of the Holy Trinity, who is to be born will be called the Son of God. So here we have, just like at our baptism, God Father, Son, and Holy Spirit comes to us we are named by him. We are declared to be his children. So in the conception of the Son of God in Mary's womb, the word comes to Mary. And by the power of the Holy Spirit sent by the Father, the Son of God is conceived in her womb. So it's a lovely parallel. It is why we should see Mary as the patron saint of all Christians. She didn't deserve it. She hadn't merited it. She wasn't without sin. Yet by the grace of God, the Lord took away her sin by the Holy Spirit sent from the Father. Jesus was conceived in her. So also for us, without any merit or worthiness on our part, apart from any good works that we have done, we have been called to faith by the Holy Spirit sent from the Father. And Jesus himself is, as it were, born in our hearts as we are brought to repentance and faith in him. So there's a direct parallel between the conception of the Son of God entirely by a miracle of God the Holy Spirit sent to her and our own conception and rebirth as children of God. Verse 36, the angel concludes, Now indeed Elizabeth your relative has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who is called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible. Nothing will be impossible with God, not the opening of the womb of a woman who was barren, nor the conception and birth of a child from a virgin. With God, all things are possible, and with God, nothing will be impossible. Now, when the angel Gabriel refers to Elizabeth, uh, that she is now pregnant in her old age, it's the sixth month, it gives Mary the opportunity to have the angel of the Lord's message confirmed by not only what she heard from Gabriel, but when she goes down from Nazareth into Judea to Elizabeth's home to be confirmed by the fact that Elizabeth is indeed pregnant, just as the angel of the Lord said. And that's what Mary did. Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word, which is Mary's way of saying, Amen. She receives the word of the Lord by which she is cleansed of her sin, declared righteous, and by the power of the Holy Spirit by which the Son of God is conceived in her womb. So what have we learned? Number one, the eternal Son of God is conceived in Mary's womb by the Holy Spirit through the word of God spoken to her by the angel Gabriel. Number two, Jesus is without sin because he was conceived by the Holy Spirit and not by a sinful man. Number three, 
Jesus is true God and also true man to be the sin bearer for the whole world. Number four, Jesus is the Christ or Messiah because he is born of the tribe of Judah and the house of David, fulfilling every promise of salvation in the Old Testament scriptures. Number five, Mary receives the word of God by faith. And number six, Mary is an example of what it is to be a Christian. She is a sinner who is called by the grace of God to receive the gift of salvation. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of your only begotten Son, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary to be our sinless Savior. As Mary received the word of the Lord from the angel Gabriel, so give us hearts to receive your word and to trust in Jesus, who bore our sins in his own body for our forgiveness. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.